Welcome everyone to another episode of our Europe's B2B tech sales uh, podcast. My name is Patrick and I am very happy to welcome Christian Weisbrot today. Christian is the Chief Revenue Officer at Finway at the moment and has a very interesting, actually more, more marketing focused background. He was VP Marketing at uh, Personio, um, before Personio at Baseware, and before that he worked for quite a long time at uh, Microsoft. So Christian brings a lot of expertise, especially in marketing and now also sales. So um, we're going to focus on marketing sales, how they can, how they work together. But first of all, Christian, um, very happy to have you here. Welcome to our episode. Well, thanks, Patrick. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, looking forward to the discussion with you. Yeah, and I would like to start off with the two topics that I brought to the show for today, uh, both on the alignment of marketing and sales. So the first one is like how to build or build a reverse funnel together with uh, marketing and sales. So it's important to have both functions uh, at the table when you when you do that exercise to build the reverse funnel. And the second one is then a little bit more marketing specific. Uh, and that's uh, yeah, my topic or my tip uh, to make marketing sourced pipeline the number one metric for your marketing organization. Okay, let's dive in into the reversed funnel. Can you explain what do you mean by that exactly? Yeah. So, I mean, in, in marketing and in sales, of course, you should do your, your planning for the upcoming quarters or for the upcoming fiscal year, uh, uh, depending on what your planning cycle is. Uh, and however, you, you start off with basically uh, with, the, with the revenue target that you have for a given period. And then based on that target, you calculate backwards each step of the funnel uh, up to uh, the resources that you need in order to make that happen. And uh, so that, you know, you calculate everything backwards and then you end up with a number either on marketing qualified leads that you need in a given period and or also like the sales resources in SDR, in outbound that you need to do that. Yeah, and it's really important um, that this is an exercise that marketing and sales do do together so that you know both uh, parties end up with a realistic uh, set of numbers and metrics and also time frame in order to achieve then the overall tar revenue target for a given period uh, so that's basically the headline and and how you do that i mean if you if you're not really like a very, very early stage startup, but you have like some historic data already collected on your funnel. So the important things that of course that you need for that is, I mean, it's basically three things you, you need. You, you need the uh, micro conversion rates yeah, for, uh, from each step to, to another step. Um, you need, but also you need the conversion times. Yeah, so you need the time. How long does it take from uh, generating an opportunity to closing? Yeah, how long does it take uh, to qualify or further qualify a marketing qualified lead that becomes an opportunity? So you need these conversion times as well. Um, 
And the third part that you need is uh, um, is the yeah the the average deal size, and that might also vary depending on where leads come from. Uh, I mean, do you see or experience like a different? Uh, deal size uh, based on certain marketing campaigns or on uh, uh, yeah sales outbound campaigns yeah so and if you have these three uh, ingredients yeah uh, then you can calculate backwards yeah so meaning that based on your historic data you start off is if I want to have a revenue of I don't know like 100k um, in September yeah then calculate backwards so when do you need the opportunities in order to make that and how many do you need of them yeah and then in order to get these opportunities how many leads do you need for marketing and from sales in order to do that and um, with that exercise i think you end up with uh, targets where everyone can also give his or her buy-in and, and really commit to these targets and they are also plausible for everyone to understand why you have these targets which i think then in the end is is very important to to get the buy-in from every member in the team here yeah, from every sdr or team lead and sales but also from everyone in marketing that because it's really plausible why we have that targets yeah yeah, such a smart way to get to the targets. Actually, I love it. And you mentioned also, you mentioned the three most important um, variables, how you get there, like the deal size, the average deal size, the average deal length, and the percentages, right? What it, yeah. what, what's the percentage from MQL to SQL and then from SQL to maybe even through this, you said you do, you did it even through the, the single sales uh, steps in the sales process, or yeah. was it... Well, it, it, I mean, it, I, I think that depends very much also on your, like, you know, the business you're in. Uh, so if you are like more in an enterprisey uh, area, I think it, it makes sense to really break down the individual uh, deal stages because uh, also of the length uh, that you might have in, in your sales cycle. Uh, if you're more in the SMB space where, you know, the, uh, sales cycles are anyway shorter. It, it might be also enough to just say, you know, just like opportunity and then the next step is win. Yeah. But I mean, that de it depends very much the, 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 the space you are in. Um, and I think it also depends very much on, you know, I think you should also uh, break it down to steps uh, where you also see uh, in, in each step, like a certain way on how you can, if you change certain things, how, how you can really impact either the the length or the conversion rate. Yeah. So if you say like, you know, once like uh, um, a deal has reached, I don't know, like a 40% deal stage and you have defined what, what is what is uh, needed to be in that deal stage. And you say like, you know, after that, it's it's quite autopilot in, in a way, you know, that uh, it's 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 quite known what you have to do. And it's always quite the same what happens. Uh, then it's also fine, you know, to to make it more granular. I think make it also granular to uh, to an extent where you say like in in these micro steps, I ha can define concrete actions in order to change the outcome of that step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think the most important is like the business you are in. Yeah, and then that's like uh, 
whether it's SMB or enterprise. Yes. What What if you're both? You know, you're doing both, like enterprise and SMB. Instead, do you do you separate okay. them smartly, or how do you do that? Well, I, I I would say yes, but I mean, then you you probably if you really have like two segments where you say like this is my enterprise business and this is my SMB business, you probably also have like uh, different sales teams working on that, I would assume. And uh, then also you would probably have also a different go to market approach. Yeah, most likely an enterprise, it might be a little bit less marketing driven. Uh, or marketing has a different function in the enterprise business as it has in the SMB business. Mm -hmm. And then I would build two funnels, yeah, and uh, two reverse funnels, because you most likely have different steps uh, from from the first lead and uh, uh, up to closing a deal. And as I said, also you like marketing and sales most likely play different roles. Yes, I like it. And what would you say, Christian, from your experience, if I was in a startup that doesn't have that much data yeah. on the percentages, what are yeah. good or do you have a, a, a picture of what good percentages could be or or low and high ones or how do you? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, you can do that exercise also based on assumptions. I think like, you know, even if you're in a startup and you don't have enough historic data, and I mean, that's quite the same that when I started at Finway, you know, we were just like starting with sales and starting with customer acquisition. And then, of course, I did not have any historic data. Uh, but you can do that based on, I would say, like common sense and basic assumptions. So what I would say is like, you know, uh, what let, let's start with the with the with the end of it. Yeah. And I'm now rather picking the SMB space. So, so you know, you're, you know, about below like or in the range uh, or below of uh, 10K AR or something like that. Yeah. Let, let's put it this way. So then I would say, I mean, you should aim at a conversion rate of uh, opportunity to win uh, roughly about like 25, 30, 35%. Yeah. So that's 25 to 35%. That's something you should, uh, you should target and you should be able uh, to achieve. Mm -hmm. The time frame, I think it is difficult, but I think in that space, you should also aim at, at a conversion from opportunity to win in the range of four, six weeks, something as an average. Yeah. Uh, and uh, before that, when it comes to MQL to opportunity, that depends a little bit on the marketing channel. I mean, on your marketing approach, but I think 40% is, is something that's, that's realistic uh, to, to, to go for. Mm -hmm. And uh, the conversion time of MQL to opportunity should be an SMB space below two weeks, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And it, opportunity it, is like, SQ, you would say, SQL, basically. Opportunity, you have a meeting and... Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, of course, I mean, also like the times, it's very much on how you would like to, you know, define the stage. And I think that brings to, to that, that brings up another important topic is... I mean, really invest time to jointly agree on the criteria that an opportunity has, that an SQL has, that that an MQL has. Yeah. So uh, 
I think that's that's very important to really nail that one. You know, what is an MQL and what isn't an MQL? What what when when is it worth or when is it right to turn a sales qualified lead, which I see something in between MQL and opportunity? Uh, you know, what are the criteria that need have to be met in order to be a sales opportunity? Yeah. Do you have an example of like from your time at Personio, how you defined MQL there and SQL? Yeah. So an MQL was for us clearly defined if we have seen um, it, it was more based on the action that a potential customer did. Yeah. So and for us, an MQL has been something that someone is coming through a marketing channel and is either requesting a demo is requesting uh, a trial mm -hmm. uh, or is e sending through email or chat a direct inquiry. Yeah. Um, so I want to speak with someone of your team. Yeah. So really a concrete inquiry. These were like the criteria that we have defined. That's what an MQL needs to be. And of course, then also it has to be uh, uh, well, the, the, the one requesting it has to be at least in the broader range of our ICPs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and anything before that, like any any download or anything else participating in a webinar or something like that, that was not an MQL yet, uh, which doesn't mean that we we also handed over these leads to the sales organization, uh, but in 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 kind of a status which is like pre MQL, we just called it leads, yeah, and then uh, the SDR team. Uh, based on some other criteria on some lead scoring, uh, the SDRs took over qualifying those and then uh, turning them into sales qualified leads. Yeah. Great. Okay. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, Christian, your second uh, topic that you yeah. said, which yeah. comes now in here, that you weren't measured. Your the marketing, the success of marketing wasn't measured based on MQLs he delivered. Yeah, I mean, we had MQL still as a metric, yeah, because it's a, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's it's quite a good leading indicator, yeah, because I think you always need in marketing uh, leading indicators which like tell you very quickly on whether the stuff that you do in marketing is is running successful. So even like if you you know have the ultimate goal for your marketing uh, pipeline or revenue, these are lagging indicators, and then that's not. I mean, that's in the long run, it's great to measure on the impact and the success of marketing, but those don't help if you want to, you know, quickly iterate on in your campaigns. If you always have to wait until the revenue is in, uh, is, uh, came in. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's why you need this uh, leading indicators like MQL still to, to steer your business in marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, so, however, why, why I think MQLs, is 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 not or the number of leads is, is not a good target per se is two things so i i, I think like any business you're in and that's even like in smb but also in enterprise you you can have quite a huge variance in uh, in the deal size and the marketing channel can drastically impact the deal size yeah so typically 
what I see from my experience. So, for example, like if you do uh, SEA, uh, uh, Google Ads, uh, they tend to be rather on the lower end uh, compared to maybe like really targeted uh, campaigns uh, for specific markets where you might achieve like a, a, a higher um, ACV. Yeah. So and and when you gen then just count the number of leads, uh, you can have a completely different result in the end because you know ten leads with an average deal size I don't know of five thousand ARR. It's a different game than five uh, MQLs with twenty five thousand uh, 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 ARR. Yeah. So hence, like mm. I, I think. Uh, shifting from number of leads of pipeline value um, is an important game changer. Um, and also because in the end, when you want to measure the effectiveness of your marketing, which like is more like a post-mortem view on your marketing, uh, when you then look at the cost per lead, it is also like it could be, you know, certain campaign you, you pay i don't know like a thousand euro per lead per mql and in another 500 but if the one with a thousand you know gives you four times the revenue then it's still a great investment so you should also rather measure than uh, the the cost per pipeline euro or pipeline dollar that you generate so how much do you need to spend to generate one euro in pipeline Mm -hmm. So that's the important thing and why I, I would consider pipeline as the right measure and not revenue. As I said, like even like in SMB, you still have four to six weeks often uh, conversion time in enterprise that might be even like half a year. Uh, uh, so uh, and that's that's, you know, that's for marketing again, like that's too much uh, uh, time gap between doing stuff and seeing the results. Yeah, mm -hmm. and depending, and that's again why it's also important, like to to clearly define what a sales opportunity is. My theory is, if you have defined a sales opportunity the right way, the conversion time and the conversion rate should be completely agnostic to where the lead comes from whether it's an outbound lead, whether it comes from an event, whether it comes from performance marketing, if after the stage entering in a sales opportunity, still it is it depends on where the lead comes from, then you probably have to find an opportunity the wrong way and you 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 create opportunities too early. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would be such a good definition of uh, sales opportunity? In Oh, I mean, it depends on the framework, whether you work with a medic or bunt or whatsoever. Yeah, but I think you need, I think you can break it down a little bit to uh, why change and why now. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you have to have a clear understanding that a customer or potential customer agrees that they need to change. Uh, yeah. everything before when they just have a vague interest. I mean, yes, you have to work on those things. Yeah. And I mean, call it whatever you want in your funnel, but don't call it a sales. I mean, I would say it's like too early to call it a sales opportunity. Mm. 
yeah. uh, especially an SMB. I mean, it might be different if you're really in the true enterprise business. People would disagree, and they're probably right. Yeah, if you're really, you know, working in an area where you have like a two-year sales cycle, uh, selling like for seven or eight-digit uh, uh, revenue, then you probably would create uh, opportunities already at an earlier stage. But I'm more coming from an SMB space. And I think everything, which is like, even if it's larger SMB, you, you, uh, I, I think that's, that's a good criteria yeah? uh, that you see, or even the customer tells you directly, yes, we want, mm. we need to change. Uh? Yeah. And then uh, when you say like, why now? I mean, now is always, of course, also quite flexible, but you see also that the, the customer at least can assign a time frame uh, to that change. Yeah? Mm. And I think these are like the two most important criteria. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. makes yeah. a lot of sense. Going back to uh, marketing, Christian, you mentioned this reverse funnel. So what you get yeah. out basically is um, KPIs that you need to achieve, MQLs yeah. that you need to get yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so on. Now, let's imagine we made we do, we've done that we have a we have a certain we, we know our kpis how do i get from that to what amount of money you need All, the next step would then be right to say hey ceo we have this and we need that amount how can i how can i do that okay or that that i mean again you're probably in a much much better position when you already have like some historic data yeah mm. <laughs> uh, so when you say for example you know i know if i invest that amount in google ads or in paid social or whatsoever uh, you know you uh, you know basically for i don't know every 200 euro that you invest in the end like one one mql comes out of that yeah so but i mean that's basically something where because uh, also if you scale performance marketing these numbers might change as well yeah so it's not that typically it's not that easy when you say like you know if i invest 10000 euro in google ads i get um uh, i don't know 50 mqls out of it so uh, if i simply uh, double or triple my investment i also double or triple uh, the outcome unfortunately it doesn't really work that way yeah so that's the part when it i mean at least you can take it as a ballpark and i think it's also like uh when it comes to uh, justifying budgets i think that's a good start to do that um however uh you still will have to adjust your channels and 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 your campaigns but i think the the other good thing in marketing is you you really have a myriad of channels available, yeah. And uh, you know if you see that you hit the glass ceiling of one channel that that doesn't really scale anymore, there are still probably another eight channels that you haven't even like tried yet. Mm, um, mm, yeah. So, um, uh, but that's that's why sometimes like marketing in that part of the game, building the reverse funnel, is the harder part than. Um, calculating the sales part of it, especially also because I think most likely you anyway will have a mix between marketing inbound, yeah, so where you generate uh, inbound leads through marketing, uh, and I, I think you still have and you sh should have also uh, quite an investment in outbound where you have an SDR team, and of course, like the SDR part is in that reverse funnel game is easier to calculate. Yeah, because that's typically quite 
quite a simple number game. Yeah, you can quite simply uh, calculate on how much pipeline an SDR can generate in, in, in a certain time frame. Uh, that's, that's much easier to do. And hence also when you do this reverse funneling and you say like, you know, this is the number of opportunities that we need in marketing. Say like with the investment and the knowledge that I have, I think it's realistic even if I invest more, you know, I can deliver 40% of that pipeline. Mm. Uh, and then you can say, okay, great. Then, then I can work with the remaining 60% that needs to come from outbound. And there I can invest in people in SDRs or even like outsource SDRs or whatsoever. So uh, that, that could be also an outcome of that exercise that you just like have a good alignment and agreement of how, what's the portion of the pipeline of the funnel that can even come from marketing or that must come from sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. What were at Personia, you said, um, smaller SMBs was one of the main markets you, yeah. you tackled. What were in, for those, what was the most, what were the most successful marketing channels that you have been using? Mm-hmm. I mean, depending, of course, also on the attribution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, I, I think like the, the, the biggest channel, uh, like attribution wise, uh, has been, uh, has been uh, Google Ads and uh, on and SEO organic. Yeah. Uh, but over time, what we have seen, like, you know, in the end, before I left, I think about like a, a third of the pipeline and the third about um, the marketing qualified leads came from uh, brand yeah so people just like directly jumped on our website and at least like from an attribution perspective you did not see you you did not have any trace of of these uh, customers or digital trace before and they just like came wow. to our website and signed up for a demo or signed up for a trial or if they were not able to type in a url they they used google to search for personio and then clicked on an ad no yeah. way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and of course that, you know, achieving that level of brand awareness and uh, interest, of course, that's something that takes years to establish. And I think, you know, you see the great result in the end, but if you would ask me, even if I was, I mean, I was in charge of that partially, um, I couldn't tell you, you know, what were the main things that we did. Yeah. So was it events? Was it community? Was it, was it our content? Yeah. Our blog or what was it? Yeah. So I think it is always a mixture, a blend of everything. And of course, then also marketing should be humble enough also, you know, to give credits to others, because I know that in Personio, the sales organization, but also the customer organization, they really excited customers just how they interacted in sales, in customer success, all the service and support. And that's created such an excitement in the customers and word of mouth. And yeah, so, and, and that's nothing that marketing can really like take the credits for, uh, because it's just on the operational excellence of other departments that, impacts your branding and and helps marketing to perform. Mm. 
yeah that's probably not 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 very easy to to trace and to yeah, yeah it's it's really a mix of yeah. like everything and yeah. referrals from customers you said yeah. community did you do community building or what was that what were you i mean you like Yes, I mean, like in, in in the very early days, and that's even like before I joined Personio. Yeah, I mean, Personio said like, okay, we we have to take care of the HR community. Yeah, so and uh, from setting up events, really like in that previous days, yeah, physical events, just having HR dinners, uh, inviting HR people uh, from like certain areas, like in, even like in smaller cities, like yeah, everyone who is in HR, I don't know, in Cologne, in Frankfurt, we have a dinner yeah and 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 these dinners were without any sales pitch yeah without trying to sell personio to 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 the hr folks but just like creating an environment and uh where they can talk with each other and exchange ideas and and that's that has been really valued by the hr community yeah so basically, we at at certain time when these events were really popular, we also said like you know you you only get in by 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 invite from someone else who has been there already. Yeah. So you know. Uh, yeah. So that that's that's an amazing. Uh, that's, end. that's a part of the community, but also then in customer success, we build a community uh, or the customer success team where really like current users had a online forum and also events where they could exchange best practices in HR, but also best practices on how to work with Personio, and that of course also helped a lot to to. Uh, uh, you know, not only make customers satisfied and happy, but really make make them excited about the product so that they would refer it to someone else. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So that's an, a great way to end this discussion, Christian, with a very actionable tip. Just organize a dinner in a in a village or city that you have a few customers, bring them together, no pitching, just organize this dinner and people will have fun together. We'll talk to it. We'll talk about it anyway. You know, yeah, it happens and then, anyway. If they've been the first time around, then ask them next time. So can you think about a peer, like someone who does the same job as you do, but in a different organization that would enjoy that evening as well? And then soon you expand your, your network and yeah. it will help in the long run. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I will consider that yeah. right, right away. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, Christian. That was extremely valuable for me, for sure. Uh, hope for everybody else as well. Thanks for joining it uh, was my pleasure. Episode. Thanks, Patrick. Take care. Bye. You too. Thank you.